all of you to this virtual plenary, mini plenary session of Parliament. There will now be an opportunity for silent prayer or meditation. Thank you, honorable members. Before we proceed, I would like to remind you that the virtual mini plenary session is deemed to be on the precincts of parliament and thus constitute a meeting and sitting for of the National Assembly for debating purposes only. In addition to the rules of virtual sittings, the rules of debate of the National Assembly will apply. Meta, uh, members will enjoy the same privileges as that apply in the sitting of the National Assembly. But members should equally note that anything that is thus being said on this platform is deemed to have been said to the House and may be ruled upon. All members who have locked in shall be considered to be present and are requested to mute their microphones and to only unmute it when they are recognized to speak. This is because the microphones are very sensitive and it will pick up any noise which may disturb the attention of other members. And when recognized to speak, please unmute your microphone and connect your video. Members may make use of the icons at the bar, on the bar at the bottom of the screens that has an option that allow a member to put up his or her hand to raise a point of order. The secretariat will assist me in this regard. When using the virtual system, members are urged to refrain or desist from unnecessary points of order or interjections. We shall now proceed to the order, which is a debate on vote number 28, police, including vote number 24, independent police investigative directorate and vote 21, civilian secretariat for the police appropriation bill. I now recognize the honorable minister of police, the honorable minister. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair, Honorable Ministers present, Deputy Ministers, Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee and all members of the Portfolio Committee, Honorable MCs, Honorable Members of Parliament, Heads of Entities, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Sanbonan Dumelang Molwene Apshin. Receive my safety and security greetings this afternoon on behalf of all the brave men and women in blue and most importantly, on behalf of the solid workforce of all the employees serving in the entities under the Ministry of Police. Honorable members, if I was in uniform, I was going to symbolically salute all of them for the selfless service they've rendered in honor of our constitution with utmost patriotism and courage. Chairperson, allow me to quote it from the wise words of one of our greatest statesmen, Nelson Mandela. I quote, if you want to cooperate, to cooperate of human beings around you, you must make them feel they are important and you do that by being genuine and humble yourself, unquote. It is on that score, honorable members, that I dedicate this budget vote to the members of the South African police who continue to serve and protect against all odds. Furthermore, I dedicate this speech to the fallen members 
who have died in the line of duty in the crossfire against ruthless criminals. Chairperson, I want to reiterate the seriousness of the, of the barbaric acts of the killing of police officers. This is one crime that must be elevated, challenged, and highly publicized. In fact, there must be a national call for the perpetrators of this crime to be arrested and never see the sunrise nor the sunset again. In the first three months of this year, 24 police officers were killed. Indeed, there must be a national outcry about that. The work of our police officers reminds me of George Onwell when one said, I quote, people sleep peacefully in their beds at night only because rough men stand ready to do violence on their behalf. This is how seriously police officers take this heavy responsibility on serving and protecting the nation. I dedicate this speech to the detectives, investigators, forensic analysts, canine units, and scientists who work tirelessly to follow leads and solve the most complicated and sophisticated crime scenes. I dedicate this speech to our elite units and special forces for excellence in executing their duties in protection of the nation. Honorable members, I dedicate this speech to the members of the IPIC who perform the most difficult job of policing the law enforcement agencies. Equally, I dedicate this speech to the oversight personnel of the Civilian Secretariat of Police Service who performs the crucial oversight task of ensuring that every commitment made by the police is honored and implemented. <clears throat> Moreover, I dedicated this speech to the private security industry that is working us with the, the Metro Police and all other law enforcement agencies who serve as force multiplier in the business of policy. Last but not least, I, I wholeheartedly dedicated this speech to all employees of this sector who have succumbed to the deadly COVID-19 pandemic we have painfully lost hundreds of our employees, both uniform members and support personnel across departments and entities. Many of them could not get their well-deserved dignified send-off send -off because we had observed COVID-19 regulations. Policing under COVID-19 pandemic has left the sector with numerous lesson, lessons and unmatched level of experience of policing against odds. Chairperson, I would like to call upon all the generals and the senior managements, the executives, to understand the role of leadership. Let us appreciate our members and our employees. Without them, there is no service delivery. Without them, there is no government. Hence, their morale must be our utmost priority. Stop victimizing them for no reason. Stop the workforce cruelty of paging and patronizing them. For once, stop the workforce bullying and serve in the position of power with dedication and humility. Chairperson, allow me to table this SEPS budget breakdown per program to make visible the initial budget allocation and the adjusted budget allocation thereof. Over the mid medium term, we endeavor to mitigate the impact of budget reduction of service delivery. The expenditure is expected to decrease at an average annual of 0.8% from 99.6 billion in, 2020, in 2021 to 97.1 billion in 23-24. Compensation of employees accounts for 
of the department expenditure over the period ahead to remain with government expenditure ceiling for compensation of employees the department budget for this item is reduced by 35.8 billion over the medium term of this 15.9 billion is in line with the decision not to implement the third year of 2018 public sector wage agreement and freezing of salary increases for the next three years. The remaining 19.9 billion represent cabinet's approval baseline reduction to narrow the budget deficit and shift the composition of government spending from consumption to investment, excluding reduction of compensation of employees. Cabinet has approved further reduction of the department's baseline amounting to 3.4 billion over the medium term. These reductions will mainly be affected on non-core goods and service items. The department's spending focus for the year, which is mainly on goods and services, as well as capital investment over the medium term, includes the following. Reduction in the compensation of employees budget baseline requires reprioritization of SEPs resources, as well as investment in technology. The department will sustain the forensic service baseline allocated as an increase in 2021. The baseline allocation for the DPCI, professionalizing the police service through skills development, continue to strengthening of the criminal justice system by supporting the integrated criminal justice strategy, invest, investigating capital assets consisting of machinery and equipment, essentially transport assets, as well as mobile police stations. A continued focus on other critical items such as bullet resistance, vests, firearms, uniform, and, and etc. In our efforts to continue with the implementation of the panel experts' reports emanating from the Maricana Commission recommendations, funding has been set aside to continue to capacitate the existing public order policing units. Members of this unit will be deployed in various provinces to stabilize crime in identifying hotspot areas. Departmental spending over the medium term will be in relation to the core programs with visible policing taking more than 51% weight of the total of the budget. The program detective services in terms of weight is also a significant portion of 20%. Honorable members, a comprehensive approach that is community family centered and anchored while, while driven and led by government is the paramount remedy and solution towards the reduction of GPVF horrific incidents. The country has made a great strides in bringing awareness and waging a fearless war against GPV. Whilst the reality remains that on daily basis, <clears throat> we are still awakened by news of another gender-based violence and femicide-related incidents. What is encouraging is the high-impact joint response from criminal justice system in bringing perpetrators to book. The FCS unit has been instrumental in securing heavy sentences for perpetrators in this regard. The most recent heavy sentence to, to mention is the six life sentences handed down, to the, handed down this week to a Zimbabwean-born Eastern Cape man who slaughtered Nogutula Thati and the mother of, of six on her children, including a five-month-old baby. Progress must be acknowledged 
where, where government, especially law enforcement agencies, are making a difference towards fighting this scourge. There's been significant arrests made that involves pastors in places of worship, supervisors in the workplace, teachers in schools, family members, spouses, boyfriends, and husbands. This must be applauded and highly publicized in order to reduce number of reported case going forward. The latest crime statistics revealed Lusigisigi in the Eastern Cape, followed by Inanda and Wazulu Natal, and Tohuyando in Limpopo as the rape hotspots. While the overall sexual offenses have decreased by 3.9% in the last quarter of the financial year, the truth of the matter is that one rape is one too many, and we are calling upon all provincial commissioners to take lead in all operations aimed at addressing sexual offenses and related crimes. The department has allocated over 1.2 billion rand on baseline activities related to fighting GPV, both proactive and reactive responses to these crimes and the resources of FCS units. 1.1 billion on the FCS units, human and other resources that includes operational expenses. 30 million on youth, children and vulnerable groups, including awareness campaigns. An additional amount of 100 million was allocated to provinces for prioritization of gender-based violence response and strengthening the FCS unit. The amount was allocated as follows, Western Cape 13.3 million, Northern Cape 5.6 million, Free State 7.9 million, Eastern Cape 14.3 million, Basul Natal 17 million, Pumalanga 7.9 million, Jimbobo 8.4 million, Gauteng 17 million, Northern Northwest 7 million. In response to us, capacitated the SEPS members to deal with GPV, 1,763 members across all provinces were trained on GPV-related causes during 2020-2021 financial year. Honorable members, last week we had a robust debate in the National Assembly discussing an emotional but imperative subject of the massive DNA backlogs in the forensic science laboratories. We are equally concerned about the negative impact this has on the court processes involving crimes against women and children and GPVH-related cases. Poor contract management, corruption, and lack of leadership in the FCL environment have put the whole country under siege on such an important service delivery. It is on that score that I have called for immediate national intervention and equally for drastic consequences management in this regard. I have engaged the National Commission and his generals on this matter. To this end, a new divisional commissioner has been appointed in this, in this environment. Furthermore, in addressing the issues of capacity, a total of 127 scientists have been promoted to critical posts with the FCL, an additional 150 post of forensic analysts at, at warrant, warrant officer level have been advertised externally, and the new incumbents will commence on, on duty by the 1st of July, 2021. Jefferson, the intervention measures are critical and will be prioritized. To us, the plight of the, of the crisis goes beyond the figures of the massive backlog that is reported, but 
we go further and put ourselves in the shoes of ordinary South Africans who are solely relying on DNA outcomes to find closure to the rape, murder, and other heinous crimes suffered by their loved ones. To this end, the police will work tirelessly to address this challenge and bring the FCL environment back to full functionality within the period of 18 months. The following steps have been taken to reduce the specified backlog in cases related to gender-based violence. All forensic analysts underwent medical surveillance and vaccination as required. Engagement with labor was initiated to review the basic conditions of employment. The bid for procurement of, of manual and semi-automated DNA processing system for the Eastern Cape was finalized and the contract was awarded. The bid to award all outstanding contracts, especially for consumables that are critical in addressing the DNA backlog is in process. A total of 15 contracts have been awarded according to the project plan. Optimal utilization of the track and trace system, which was implemented on the 6th April 2021, more than 42 exhibits have been registered on the, on the new system. Chairperson, the past three years in a row, I have dedicated the budget vote to the GPVH and F and crimes against women and children. This demonstrated the commitment in the, in, the, in the steps of ensuring the GPV remains a priority crime. GPVF will continue to be a focus area with an additional emphasis on the capacitating of the FCS units. The gender-based violence and sexual offenses action plan includes the resourcing of the units and at national and provincial level. Part of this oversight reach, the civilian secretariat of the police service regularly monitors and evaluates the implementation of GPV related policies and legislation by the SEPs. The dedicated GPVH desk is steadily becoming the reality in the top 30 sexual assault station. Currently, SEPs has GPVF coordinators at station level, level who are overseeing all related matters. The proposal is to implement the GPV desk in, in, in phases as follows. Top 30 GPV hotspots areas, top 30 per province, which are 270 of them, and remainder of the station. The ministry will host a visual dialogue with gender activists in the next coming week to harness ideas that can best address crimes against women. Honorable members, let me reiterate that improving the efficiency and effectiveness of forensic laboratories is top on our agenda. In the past week, I have visited the laboratories in Cape Town and in Pretoria. Last year, I visited laboratory in KZN. One outstanding is Eastern Cape One. So far, the outcome of the visit always brings better understanding of the environment as opposed to the written report sent on paper. Let me also take the opportunity and acknowledge the continued oversight role of the Portfolio Committee on Police. They themselves have visited the laboratories and they have full appreciation of the challenge in the environment and how the SEPs leadership is planning to speedily address the backlog and related deficiencies. In this regard, the collaboration of the public-private partnership must be activated with private laboratories, including laboratories in the institutions of higher learning, to address this challenge. Once again, feedback 
in this regard will be communicated in the due course. The significant role of the National Forensic Oversight and Ethics Board in bringing stability in the FCL is crucial. We therefore encourage the SEPs to reach out to the DNA Board in resolving issues of common interest. We have confidence in the capable team of the DNA Board led by Advocate Nkosi Thomas. During the 2019-2020 financial year, the recruitment of 7,000 new police trainees was approved. The posts were subsequently advertised external, externally to cater for three streams. Recruitment name stream one is matriculants currently serving public service and personnel and in, in their training. Stream two graduates in various fields to enhance the work of the police. And stream three, permanent enlistment of current serving reserves. The recruitment processes were at an advanced stage, but unfortunately, as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, the intake had to be suspended due to the restriction imposed, which led to the suspension of all training interventions. The training plan for the enlistment of the 7,000 was reviewed, and it was approved that 7,000 would be enlisted in the 2021 financial year as follows subject to the lifting of the COVID-19 restriction. 4,000 external applicants and 3,000 current serving reserves to be appointed as permanent members. During 2021 financial year, the COVID-19 restriction still persisted. However, SEPS was able to enlist 2,511 current serving reserves as a permanent members. The 2,511 reserves enlisted were trained in the reserves training program and were able to immediately be deployed <coughs> to the stations for operational duties and resulted in the capacitation of the police station. In addition, the reenlistment of minus plus, minus plus 500 previously employed police officials commenced during 2020 in order to strengthen capacity where specialized skills in the, de in the detection environment were identified. The 4,000 could unfortunately not be enlisted because of COVID. Meanwhile, Cabinet approved additional funding in the 2020 MTEF for capacitation of the DPCI function, essentially to create the required skills for investigation function associated with, with the whole. Funding framework will allow the additional personnel numbers that will strengthen the capacity of the trust. National Treasurer introduced baseline reduction in the compensation of employees, baseline allocations for the SEPs over the MTF. These reductions are continuation of reduction introduced during 2020, which have material negative impact on the human resources priorities of the SEPs, essentially as far as the enlistment of entry-level police officers are concerned. As a result of this, personal numbers over the medium term will require reconsideration in terms of options that will ensure that the department continue to achieve its mandate and maintain service delivery at local level. During 21-22 financial year, it is envisaged that approximately 3,000 vacancies will be considered for filling by the recruitment of new police officers. The process will be embarked upon where Public Service Act personnel and current savings reserves will be considered for the recruitment as fully fledged police officials. Respectively, 2,000 Public Service Act personnel and 1,000 current serving reserves to be targeted. 
This initiative is part of the various capabilities that the department is currently considering in order to remain within the budget framework allocated. <coughs> Sorry. Furthermore, an action plan has been developed that aims to, re to respond to the crime related to gender-based violence, vulnerable groups, and sexual offenses. This plan also attends to the resourcing of FCS units both on national and provincial level. This response plan will also ensure capacity in terms of personal number, of personnel numbers be sustained and even increased where critical vacancies and services delivery required are evident. Honorable members, the safety and security of any country is measured against its meta statistics amongst other violent crimes. When we release quarterly crime statistics, the murder rate always makes media headlines. Hence, we have introduced a practice where provincial commissioners meet with station commissioners on a weekly basis to measure station performance and account on crime trends, in particular, the murder cases per policy precinct. Furthermore, national intervention plans, which involve crime combating and prevention operational deployment are activated to respond to the top 30 murder stations in order to address the stubborn murder trend and other violent crimes. The intervention to date includes the establishment of the anti-gang unit, introduction of Operation Thunder, the base camp approach, Operation Bala, Operation Lockdown, Operation Okai Molawa, and many others. Moreover, national intervention deployments are heavily intensified in the Western Cape province, which, co which continuously proves to be the step on in reducing violent crime. The steps continue to enhance police visibility through crime prevention operations <clears throat> to promote law and order in the high crime areas of Western Cape, especially the Cape Metropolitan Cape Flats. The joint operations between police and SNDF yielded positive results though much still to be done. The negative impact of environmental design on the policing cannot be underestimated. Chairperson, it is a huge challenge to execute policing operations in the areas where there are no physical addresses, no street lights, no access roads, and many other challenges. Equally, an integrated approach and generic involvement of other departments and sectors of local government in eradicating crime contributors must be intensified. Wazulu Natal province also received national intervention deployment of additional police officers and vehicles to increase police visibility and crime prevention operation. The latest crime statistics reveal places Lara in Marisbeck as a major capital in the country, followed by Inanda and Umdazi, which are also in Wazulu Natal. It goes without saying, the Provincial Commission of KwaZulu Natal and his team of station commanders must spend sleepless nights in turning around the situation. Furthermore, we call upon the SEP's top management to implement the top 30 stations turnaround plan informed by the Mpumalanga retreat resolution. All Lieutenant Generals who are provincial guardians must really do justice to this important responsibility. I still repeat, policing is in provinces and not in the comfortable air conditions offices in the headquarters of the police. I again call consequence management in the regard national commissioner when a station becomes a meta capital 
intervention at all stations must be implemented. And if the results fail, regardless of the intervention, then the provincial guardian, the provincial commissioner in the station must see their heads rolling. Provinces with the highest incidence of reported crime have been prioritized in terms of the allocation of baseline budget. This will also ensure prioritization and resourcing of the top 30 high conduct crime stations in the country. An additional amount of 62 million was allocated as follows. Western Cape was given 10 million, Northern Cape 4, Free State 4, Eastern Cape uh, 10 million, Guazunatal 10, Pumalanga 6 million, Mlimpombo uh, 4, Houghton 10. This is an extra on the baseline that they must also capacitate themselves. The overarching framework- Honorable Minister, Honorable yes. Minister, your time has now expired. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Minister. The next speaker is the Honorable Jumat Peterson. Honorable Jumat Peterson, just unmute your microphone, please. My, apol my, my apologies. Thank you, Honorable House Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Minister, um, Honorable Members of the House, Honorable Minister and Deputy Minister, the Honorable National Commissioner, all members of the security cluster, our police men and women in particular. Um, allow me to pay tribute to the late Honorable Jackie Mufford King, who has dedicated and committed member of the Portfolio Committee on Justice and Police and who joined the committee with so much passion and so much gust to ensure that there's safety for women and to fight gender-based violence. May her revolutionary soul rest in peace and rise in glory. Honorable House Chairperson, we have formulated strategies and developed priorities that can and will enable us to lead all the people of South Africa to a country free of crime and corruption and free of gender-based violence and femicide. All our people would like our young democracy to be a country where there is respect for our laws, enforcement of our laws, and justice for all. Our fight against crime and corruption in general, and violent crime in particular, is in keeping with the genuine aspirations of all our people. A heavy responsibility rests on the shoulders of our minister, our deputy minister, and our national commissioner. The Portfolio Committee has endeavored to work with you, Honorable Minister and Deputy Minister, and to support you in this honorable fight and which you are doing very well. What is of strategic importance, Honorable Members, House Chair, for us in this parliament is the role of the Portfolio Committee of Police as we play not only it's our role in our oversight obligations, which are constitutional, but also in defending the rights of our people to live in peace and harmony and to live free from fear. To achieve these goals, we must amend the current South African Police Service Act of 1995. The act was drafted before the 1996 constitution was adopted. And honorable members, the act has to be amended and requires a full review and alignment with our constitution. We cannot have an act governing the police that is not in line with the highest law of our country. The amendment of the SAPS Act is a key priority for the Portfolio Committee. And if the national minister and the committee can realize this, we would have done our people a great service. 
Since the drafting of the SEPs Amendment Bill, South Africa has become a different country and there have been several policy shifts, court judgments and behavioral changes over the past 26 years. The recommendations of the Fallup Commission into the events of Maracana, Honorable Minister, you appointed an international panel of experts to advise you and we commend you for releasing this report. The coordination between police service and municipal services needs to improve in terms of the concept of a single police service, and this is taken up and provided for in terms of section 12067 of the constitution. The 1995 Act, South African Police Service Act, does not articulate the role of provincial governments and MECs clearly. Importantly, section 207 of the constitution states that, point five, I read the provincial commissioner must report to provincial legislatures annually on policing in the province. Furthermore, section 2076 states that if the provincial commissioner has lost the confidence of the provincial executive, that the executive may institute appropriate proceedings for the, for the removal or transfer or disciplinary action against the commissioner in accordance with the national legislature. The SAPS Amendment Bill will thus have to reflect these imperatives of our constitution. It will have far-reaching effects on policing in our country, and we welcome this step. Numerous other problem areas must be addressed during the legislative process. One of the key tasks is the adherence by police members to the provisions relating to gender-based violence and femicide. We will consider legislating more stringent measures that deal decisively with police officers that are found guilty of turning away a survivor of gender-based violence. This practice must end now. The professionalization of the service will also enjoy significant attention during the review process. The SAPS Amendment Bill has already been published and we urge honorable members and members of the public to participate in this debate. The amendment bill will be introduced in parliament at the, at the end of August this year. I reiterate, if we can get this right, we will do our people a great service. We will get this right. We have no option to fail. Honorable House Chairperson, last week, cabinet approved the publication of the firearms amendment bill of 2021 for public comment. The bill proposes tighter controls and management of firearms and the establishment of a national firearms registry. The changes will assist us in reducing the number of firearms in private hands and consequently reduce incidents of violent crimes. The bill also improves the processing, control and application system for firearm licenses in 2018. The constitutional court made it clear that gun ownership is not a fundamental human right, but is, it is a privilege regulated by, by law. The two recent firearm amnesties were criticized for various reasons by various stakeholders. But the fact remains, honorable member, that you have succeeded during these amnesties to remove 149,726 firearms and 723,959 ammunition from circulation. This undoubtedly saved countless lives. We must improve the way in which we manage and control firearms in South Africa.
Honorable members, we agree that the Central Firearm Registry is in disarray. Since its establishment, the registry has arguably never functioned effectively. After countless interventions, the challenges remain, remain unchanged. The SEPs must fast track the process to digitize firearm licensing in South Africa. We are lagging behind the rest of the world and we are in danger of missing the fourth re uh, industrial revolution boat altogether. We are bogged down by outdated paper-based systems. There is possibly a small forest worth of paper at the Central Firearm Registry. It is encouraging that the committee visited the Central Firearm Registry and we will monitor the progress which will be made there. It is encouraging that crime decreased with an overall 12.2%. Most crime categories show decreases, including crime, contact crime, which decreased with 8.5%. It is encouraging that all subcategories of sexual offenses showed an overall decrease of 3.9%. Honorable House Chairperson, shooting sprees are on the rise in the Western Cape and Cape Town. Gang violence is claiming the lives of innocent children and bystanders. This must be reduced and organized crime must be fought with all our might. The recent shootings of protesters by public order police members has raised serious concerns about the training of police and the implementation of the panel of experts report on public order policing. The questions relating to use of ammunition and the management of crowds are addressed throughout the report. The committee should also monitor the full implementation of the National Development Plan recommendations for policing with respect to the management of crowds. Honorable House Chairperson, the full partnerships will assist between the private sector and the, and, uh, the SAPs as um, spearheaded by our president will assist the police in addressing the backlog of DNA analysis samples and improve the efficiency of the forensic science laboratories. Professionalizing steps to fight crime means that police stations need to be victim friendly and maintained by the Department of Public Works. We saw at the, at, uh, the Central Firearm Registry how catastrophic it is when public works does not maintain our services. We would not be fulfilling our mandate, Honorable House Chairperson, if we were to ignore these challenges. Honorable House Chairperson, as the Portfolio Committee, we thank the Minister the Deputy Minister, the National Commissioner and his team for their dedication and hard work. I would like to thank the staff of the committee for their hard work. The African National Congress supports Budget Vote 28. I thank you. Thank you, Honourable Member. The next speaker is the Honourable Whitfield. Thank you very much, House Chairperson. House Chairperson and Honourable Members, the cries of defund the police, which echoed across the United States, appear to have reached the ears of the ANC government, whose members are today lining up to support outrageous budget cuts to our frail and fading thin blue line. Criminals across South Africa are today celebrating at the news that the budget which the South African Police Service was hoping for is to be defunded by over 11 billion rand. Now, to understand the scale of the budget cut, we must understand what we had, what we were promised, and what we ultimately received. In the previous financial year, we had 99 billion rand, and in the medium-term budget, we were promised 
108 billion rand for this financial year. Now, this promised amount of 108 billion rand is important because this is the actual projected figure which government knows we really need in order for SAPs to meet their targets and reduce the increasing levels of crime in the country. Instead of the budget we were promised, we have received 96 billion rand in this financial year, which is 11 billion rand less than what we need, and in real terms is 3 billion rand less than what we had. That is 3 billion more reasons to feel unsafe in South Africa. Now today I will explain to this House how it is that the ANC is proposing to defund critical crime-fighting budgets within the South African Police Service budget, thereby exposing ordinary South Africans to more violent crime, while cosseted ANC comrades continue to enjoy the very best protection from the South African Police Service. In the year 2000, the VIP protection budget was 138 million rand. Over the next 10 years, as the GAP cabinet grew alongside its sense of self-importance, the VIP protection budget grew to 530 million rand in 2010. Now, 11 years later, in 2021, it is sitting at a staggering 1.7 billion rand. Over the past 21 years, the budget designed to protect only the elite and nobody else has increased by nearly 1,150%. To further illustrate this perverse prioritization of the ANC government, while the overall budget of SAPs has this year decreased by 3.2%, the VIP protection budget has received yet another increase, albeit only 1.56%. While VIP protection gets an additional 26 million rand in this year's budget, it is visible policing which is the biggest loser, with its crime prevention sub-program being cut by 3.8 billion rand. In detective services, it is the crime investigations sub-program which suffers the most with a cut of 225 million rand. So to be clear, when cutting the SAP's budget, it was decided by the powers that be to deal the biggest blow to the two biggest crime-fighting sub-programs within the South African Police Service, being crime prevention and crime investigations. These are two of the most critical frontline services which SAPS offers and defunding them will play right into the hands of the criminals. Together, these actual crime fighting divisions account for a total cut of 4.1 billion rand, while the so-called VIPs like President Ramaphosa will receive a fully funded, uninterrupted service from SAPS's highly trained VIP protection unit. Once again, the ANC has prioritized VIPs over the people. It is time to defund the VIPs and take power to the people by supporting community policing and reinforcing our frontline officers in our communities. The recent crime statistics reveal that rural communities continue to bear the brunt of poor police visibility in their areas. Farm murders and farm attacks increased during the last quarter, while two of the most rural provinces being KwaZulu-Natal and the Eastern Cape saw the largest spikes in violent crime, thereby exposing the complete failure of SAPS's rural safety plan. There has been an increase in murder by 8.4% to almost 5,000 murders for the first three months of this year, while attempted murder increased by 8.7% to over 4,500. SAPS also seems to be losing its battle against gender-based violence and femicide, with the crime stats actually showing that 58% of GBV dockets have not been finalized for more than a year. 
To make matters worse against this backdrop of violent crime, thousands of law-abiding citizens are being held ransom by a dysfunctional central firearms registry, which is collapsing under the weight of an outdated system. During the oversight visit to the central firearm registry by the Portfolio Committee last week, it was revealed that in the 2020-21 financial year, the CFR only received 30 million rand, and that almost half of that was spent on printing of licenses by its very own government printing works. Taking the firearm application process online from application to approval and by simplifying the onerous application requirements, SAPs could save a lot of money and their customers a lot of time and frustration. Corruption within SAPs remains alive and well and IPID remains critically under-resourced to fulfill its mandate. By way of example, IPID in the Eastern Cape has only one office against a requirement of five offices in order to serve the province effectively. The ideal staff complement for a province of this size is 71 officials and 54 investigators, but IPID currently only has 24 officials and 13 investigators. Its case backlog is well over a thousand with cases stretching back two to three years. A culture of corruption within SAPs will continue to thrive as long as there is a culture of impunity supported by a lack of consequence management. Rising rates of violent crime require drastic action. And that is why the DA is proposing that the VIP protection budget should be slashed in half from 1.7 billion rand to 850 million rand. This saving should be redirected to visible policing through crime prevention and investigations and to the IPID in order to keep our communities safe and our police officers honest. This budget in its current form will place increased pressure on the many hardworking, honest and professional police officers who are doing their very best under very difficult circumstances. The budget is a direct threat to the safety of South Africans and to SAP's members, and it can therefore not be supported. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Shembeni. Thank you, Chairperson. Honorable Chair, South Africa has lost its fight against crime. The citizens have no one to turn to but to themselves. The South African police service has become an integral part of criminal network ravaging the nation. Uh, Minister Begitele knows about this. That instead of tightening measures to fight crime, he is obsessed with feeding his inflated ego and picks up unnecessary fights with the National Commissioner of the Police and others. You cannot walk peacefully with your phone on the streets of Johannesburg because there are criminals everywhere ready to snatch your phone away. The police know this. They know the criminals and yet they are doing nothing to deal with the crime. In the streets of Cape Town, a parallel, street, a parallel state is on the rise Informal trades, small businesses, property owners in Kailicha, Nyanga, Delft, and other townships are required to pay protection fees to criminal rackets who have taken over the running of the townships. The police know this. There are in many instances part and parcel of these criminal gangs terrorizing our people. 
the recent death of the 13 young people in one weekend in Kailicha is as a result of these fights amongst criminals for the control of the protection fee industry. It will surprise no one in Kailicha when the police mess up with this case and eventually release all those who have been arrested for, the, for these murders. Our people have become accustomed to living with their tormentors, rapists, and murderers. The so-called anti-gang unit meant to be fighting gangs in Cape Town has become such an important resource for the criminal underworld. These people who are supposed to be fighting crime are actually enabling criminals' activity. It is for this reason the honest members of the South African Police Service are being killed. Minister, you have no idea what needs to be done to deal with the hardening of criminal behavior in Cape Town. It is a fight that we have long lost and our people have to live with the terror of crime every day. You have also lost the fight against the scourge of gender-based violence. Your own statistics indicate that there were over 9,000 cases of rape between January and March this year. These are only reported cases. There are thousands more that did not get reported because many women have no confidence in the South African police. Even those that got reported, only a few will lead to a successful prosecution because of the shoddy investigative work done by the police. By your own admission, your DNA laboratories are a mess leading to thousands of cases that need DNA confirmation to be delayed and to just disappear leaving victims with perpetual scars. You are all a bug with no bite, Mr. Kelly. Just recently, the committee went to an oversight visit at the Central Firearms Registry. What found there was a disaster of a monumental proportions. The building is a disaster waiting to happen. There are files on the floor everywhere. The corruption on the issuing of firearm licenses is very high. Added to this, as demonstrated by Prince Lo's case, it is the police themselves who fuel violent crimes in this country by selling of firearms and ammunition to criminals. You have not dealt with this practice at the SAPS. Honorable Minister, our country will lose her sovereignty to criminal elements, all because of your competence or incompetence and willingness to clean out all the rotten elements at the SAPS. Under your watch, the Directorate of Priority Crimes Investigation has become toothless and has not initiated and concluded any investigation into the serious crimes of corruption over the past while. The independent, in, uh, independent Police Investigative Directorate is a mess. You are mangling on their matters involving the head of the crime intelligence. That has given a serious knock to the ability of the police to gather crime information. In short, you have been a monumental disaster to the South African police. And if you had any dignity left, you would resign, Mr. Kele, as police minister. We therefore as EFF reject this budget. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Majorzi. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, can I be allowed that I don't open my video because we are experiencing load shedding and 
Um, I'm, I'm trying to at least save the connection that I have. The pandemic has actuated the role of the SAPS in ensuring that government policy aimed at securing and protecting the people of this country is implemented. The IFP remains concerned by the thinly stretched budget allocation for this critical agency beyond the pandemic. The IFP welcomes the more frequent reporting on crime statistics in the country, despite the worrying trends that were announced by the police minister last week. The country's murder rate continues to climb despite the lockdown regulations with murders increasing exponentially across the nation. The IFP urges the SAPS to investigate and take appropriate action in the Eastern Cape and KwaZulu-Natal, where the dramatic rise in killing has been recorded. Addressing the murder rate in general requires a more effective approach from all agents in our justice system. Regarding this, the IFP believes that improved collaboration between all crucial actors will mitigate violent, uh, violent crimes, including gender-based violence and femicide, and work on restoring public trust in our police services. The IFP notes with concern the, continu the continued leadership issues that are affecting the department's ability to e effectively fulfill its mandate. There is a desperate need for corrupt officials at all levels to be visibly held accountable and removed from position to of influence. This is another factor in the public's distrust in the police. The IFP wishes to express its disappointment at the state of the Forensic Science Laboratory, which remains a source of discontent among victims of crime. The Forensic Science Laboratory is unable to efficiently deal with its backlogs, resulting in delayed justice for far too many victims of violence and other crimes. Further, this backlog is test testament to the poor resourcing of the SAPS and the agencies that support its work, all to the detriment of the South African people. The appointment of the Executive Director has provided IPID with an opportunity to regain lost ground and set the department right. That being said, the IFP supports the request for a report into why the process of appointment took almost two years, particularly for such a crucial leadership role. The inadequate resources of the IPIT is a serious concern that has, to be, that has been raised by parliament over the years. This poor resourcing has hampered the effectiveness of IPIT and has led to a significant reduction in its geographic footprint and numerous satellite offices across South Africa being forced to close. This means there are less boots on the ground to hold SAPS officials accountable and more unethical and unprincipled misconduct of these officers. Like uh, in one of the communities of White City, a member was, um, they was her phone was taken away from her by the, one of the police officers from Morocco Police Station. That is unacceptable. Officers will operate with impunity in the face of misconduct. IPIT cannot be allowed to fail due to lack of resources. The IFP urges SAPS to use all its available resources to ensure that crime, states, crime rates decrease, that IPIT can fulfill its mandate, and so that the public can know that SAPS is capable of meeting its constitutional mandate to guarantee the safety and security of all who live in this country. The IFP supports the budget. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable P.J. Groenewald. Geachte Voorzitter, firstly, I 
want to refer what the Honorable Minister said, and he said that the murder rate is an international indication of the performance of a country's police services. He's quite correct. But with great respect, Honorable Chair, if you look at the murder rate in South Africa, where the world average is seven murders per 100,000 of the population in South Africa, with the latest statistics, we talk about 36 murders per 100,000 of the population. That is not a good reflection on the police services of South Africa. Furthermore, the people in South Africa, they feel unsafe. And it is reflected if we look at the private security industry, where there are now, according to Thera, over 2.5 million registered security officers across the country, of which 556,000 are active. If you compare that to the police, the number of the police are currently approximately 145,000 police in terms of the Service Act members. Now, Chairperson, it is because people feel unsafe. Now, we have a amendment bill on firearms, and it is openly said that the aim is to reduce private members to own firearms because the lack of gun control and to say that we must reduce the murders. Firstly, I want to put it very clearly. And an official answer from the minister, he admitted more people are killed by sharp objects than by firearms. But who and where is the real problem when it comes to firearms? It is the central firearms uh, uh, register where the problem is. And let me say to you, if you look at a report of the task team, the Minister of Police instigated in 2010, it found the following, and I quote, it says, there is a lack of understanding by the CFR of the value derived from effective management of information, close quote. It then report, and it goes on to note that the following problems occurred in 2010. First, no single system on how to process and store information. Second, duplicate computer systems to track, plan, store, and evaluate the performance of the Central Firearms Registry. And fourth, IT systems do not always speak to the requirements of the Firearms Act and regulations. And in the last instance, IT systems are not used by staff and much of the work done by the CFR is done manually. That is exactly where we are now, even worse. Don't blame law-abiding fire own, firearms owners for the incompatibility and the incompetence of the register. Plaaswoorde wil die achtbare minister nou een nieuwe categorie plaasgesind het van onderhandeling van werkers en plaasbewoners dier boere en voormanne. Achtbare minister, u moet verder gaan. Je moet ook die categorie inzet van onderhandeling van werkers en plaatsbewoners tegenover elkaar onderling. Als ook een categorie van aanvallen en moord van boeren en voormannen door voormalige plaatswerkers en plaatsbewoners. Dan zal je een volledige prikje krijgen. Die boeren zal het verwelkom, maar dan wordt algemene stellings gemaakt alsof boeren net hulle werkers aanrand. 
kom ons kry die statistiek, maar kom ons kry die volledige prentjie en ook die ander statistiek, want dan sal ons een volledige prentjie hee. Ek dankie. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Deputy Minister of Police. Uh, thank, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair, uh, Minister Kele, Ministers present, Deputy Ministers, the Chair of the Committee and members of the Portfolio Committee, Honorable Members, MECs, present here, National Commissioner, Head of Entities, Distinguished Guests, Ladies and Gentlemen, Tovela. I start with a quote, once the storm is over, you won't remember how you made it through, how you managed to survive, how you, how you won't even be sure whether the storm is really over, but one thing is certain, when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. That is what this storm is all about, close quote, Haruki Marukami. Indeed, the year 2000 was a stormy year for all, Many lost loved ones due to the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic, and it resulted in devastating effects to employment and the economy. Unfortunately, we are still in the midst of the storm with Houting already grappling with the resurgence of the third wave and many other provinces beginning to see a spike in new cases as well. But this too shall pass. If we all work together and adhere to all COVID-19 protocols, we will wither the storm. Certainly, we will come out different from when we walked in. The outbreak of COVID-19 has led to a sudden shift in the dynamics of workforce behavior. More and more organizations had to rush towards work from home arrangements to keep the rapid spread of the pandemic. Most of us had to embrace technology as a new way of doing business. Unfortunately, the same cannot be said for the many frontline workers, such as health workers and the South African police service in particular. The outbreak saw the implementation of lockdown rules, which inevitably imposed added enforcement responsibilities for subs. More police officers had to be deployed on the ground to enforce the law. I believe we have, however, risen to the challenge and with adjustments, and a level of refocus, we are ready to tackle the year ahead. Chairperson, let me therefore focus on today's subject matter, our priority for this financial year. Due to time constraints, I might not be able to touch on all the remaining areas, but will try my best. The scourge of gender-based violence and femicide continues to raise its ugly head in the country. The, the rate remains unacceptably high, and as the subs family, we continue to prioritize efforts to fight against this pandemic. In addition to the specific interventions, as mentioned by the minister in this regard, we have also ensured that there are planned efforts and focused budget to fight GBV in all our programs and those of our entities. Honorable Chairperson, Credible forensic evidence forms a critical backbone on the police services' ability to properly investigate GBV and F cases and crime in general to ensure the apprehension of perpetrators, particularly the most violent in our society. The country's forensic science laboratory, underpinned by a properly administered national forensic DNA database, is central to enhancing this investigative ability. However, due to a range of systematic cha systemic challenges, 
related to ineffective demand planning, coupled with poorly coordinated procurement processes. Our forensic laboratories currently carry DNA casework backlog of about 109% of DNA and 87.8 for GBV and F cases respectively. The low sample processing rate goes to the head of the challenge faced by the FSL and that challenge translates to victims of crime continue to be denied justice. This situation cannot be allowed to continue unabated. It is for this reason that the operational focus of the division over the short to medium term is to restore stability and to effectiveness of the FSL. The ultimate goal of these measures is to progressively eradicate the backlog. The recently developed turnaround plan of the division is a step in the right direction. There are also regular meetings under the stewardships of Deputy Minister Jeffries and myself aimed at ensuring the prioritization and finalization of the backlog uh, cases. As part of the system's re-engineering process, the newly developed exhibit tracking system has gone live. This replaces the manual process recently utilized, allowing for better tracking and management of the exhibit. System and processing enhancement must, however, be supported by a clearly defined regulatory space. It is for this reason that the DNA regulations of 2015 were amended to allow for the establishment of dedicated forensic investigative units at provincial level. These units are tasked with following up on investigative leads reported by the laboratory. Organizational development is currently finalizing this process. The recent appointment of a new National Forensic Oversight and Ethics Board chaired by advocate Lindin Kosi Thomas will provide added expertise, expert advice and oversight over the implementation of the turnaround uh, plan. The finalization of the head of the division, Lieutenant General Sintumula will also contribute towards ensuring that there is at leadership level, there is certainty in this space. Honorable members, during 2021 financial year, during 2020, 2021 financial year, SAPS piloted the National Safer Cities Project in identified cities to see law enforcement agencies integrating and maximizing on technology to fight crime more effectively. This project focuses far beyond the inner city and suburbs of the cities, but stretches to the townships and rural communities through the rural safety strategy the traditional crime prevention program with the introduction of community-based mounted police as well as the Royal Reserve Police. The identified cities for the pilot phase of the project are Deben, Hebera, Cape Town, Johannesburg, Tswane, Rustinburg, Bloemfontein, Kimberley, Whitbank, and Pulukwane. The pilot project in Deben saw 52 million from SAPS and 36 million from the city's budget being ring-fenced for the implementation thereof. The, fi the finance work stream was established to compile and manage integrated budget by officials from the municipality, Metro, Sanral, MECs, and office and tourism. During this financial year, the pilot cities were, will be assessed in terms of the project deliverables. The new cities will be identified for initiative during this 
the 2021-2022 spending priorities by SAPS. As part of our efforts to closely and effectively work with communities in fighting crime in our communities, the Community in Blue directives and reporting template were developed for the implementation in all our provinces. Over 8,000 patrollers were recruited nationally. The goal is to intensify efforts to improve community policing, focusing on the mobilization of the Community in Blue initiatives in order to improve visibility, particularly in high crime uh, areas. With regard to the establishment of the Detective Academy, last year we announced our intention to establish an academy in order to enhance and improve the quality of our detection services. A benchmarking exercise was embarked on, but progress in this regard was stalled by the advent of the COVID-19 pandemic. However, the project is still underway with significant progress being made. To this effect, we are improving the infrastructure at our Hammarskjöld Police College to care for the detective academy and are currently improving the training manual and the initial phase of the project. We are also working with the Department of Higher Education, Science and Innovation in the mandatory process of the establishment of the SAPS Detective uh, University. Amidst a protected crisis, the end of which is generally unknown, the capacity to ensure strategic certainty and continuity is paramount to the fulfillment of our objective to build safer communities. The country's ability to recover from the post-COVID-19 undoubtedly also hinges on the creation of a conducive environment for growth and development underpinned by concerted efforts to tackle crime and corruption in particular. It is incorrect for Honorable Shembeni to say that the DPCI is useless and it has not been doing what it is supposed to do. It is open for everybody in the country who has eyes to see that progress has been made. The obsession about the minister is completely unfounded. The minister has since inception been providing the necessary uh, leadership to the South African police and they should continue to do so. You mustn't be distracted by people who are not focused and who have got nothing to offer. It is also incorrect to say that the, the South African police and the South African government is engaged in a defunding program which is completely misplaced. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Deputy Minister. The next speaker is the Honorable Kayar J. Meshu. Thank you, Chairperson. The oversight visit by the Police Portfolio Committee to the Central Firearms Register and the Forensic Science Laboratory Head Office in Pretoria was eye-opening. Members were shocked by the poor condition of the building housing, the firearm register personnel. We all agreed that the police should be moved out of Veritas building as soon as possible. We do not understand why Public Works has continually renewed the lease to that building, even when the National Commissioner has requested that the police be moved from the building. The ACDP believes that the continual use of Veritas building warrants an investigation as there is a smell of corruption in the whole deal as somebody might be benefiting illegally. Jefferson, 
There was not a single floor we visited that did not have piles of papers in the passages and on the floors in offices that are still in use. The building has surely run out of space. There are no filing cabinets where important documents can be filed. What we saw was nothing but disaster waiting to happen. It is not surprising that individuals who have applied for new firearm licenses are made to wait for two to three years before they get their licenses. The ACDP is totally opposed to reductions that saw visible policing and crime prevention budgets losing out while the VIP protection budget was substantially increased. Why improve VIP protection while ordinary citizens are terrorized by criminals who even demand protection fees from them? Does government not care for our people who live with fear of criminals waiting to pounce on them in all, almost every street corner? The ACDP will not support such an uncaring budget. Recently, the police minister announced that the national backlog at forensic science laboratories stand in more than 208,000 cases, of which more than 60,000 have not been analyzed. Of the total backlog, 36,625 cases are DNA-related and 82,000 cases relate to gender-based violence and femicide. Victims of crime, particularly victims of rape, wait with bleeding hearts for DNA results to be used in courts to convict their violators so that they can find closure to their painful experiences. The main headline news in the Cape Times of the 19th May 21 was, and I quote, UN experts slam South Africa's alarming scale of gender-based violence and femicide. According to a UN Women's Rights Committee, which found that the country's low levels of prosecution and conviction in domestic violence cases and the frequent failures by the police to serve and enforce protection orders exposed survivors of repeated to repeated abuses and resulted in the violation of women's fundamental rights. The DNA backlog gives perpetrators the freedom to seek. Now expired. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I now invite the Honorable Lesoma to preside over the remainder of this mini plenary session. The Honorable Lesoma. Thank you, Honorable House Chair Florik. Now I recognize Honorable Member from the UTM. UTM. We shall proceed. Honorable Member from ATM. ATM. We shall proceed, honorable members. Now I recognize honorable Moss of the ANC. Over to you, sir. Thank you very much, uh, honorable house chair. <laughs> honorable chairperson, honorable minister and deputy minister, honorable uh, chairperson of the Portfolio Committee, uh, Honorable the Commissioner, and the members of the House, ladies and gentlemen. South Africa is one of the highest levels of reported sexual offenses, more specifically rape in the world. Sexual offenses most daunting challenges for the police and for the criminal justice historically. Domestic violence, according to South Africa law, includes 
physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, psychological abuse, economic abuse, intimidation, harassment, stalking, and, and entry into a compliance residence without content or any other controlling of abuse behavior taking place in a domestic relationship. Sexual abuse is one of the worst in this country. Crime statistics, sexual offenses 2020-21 is about 12133 counts of minus 494 minus 3.9%. Rape 2021, sorry, 2020-2021, count of minus 385 minus 0.9%. Sexual assault 2020-2021, count of minus, minus 3, minus 0.2%. Attempted sexual offenses 2020-2021, minus 433, minus, <clears throat> count of minus 64, minus 12.9%. Count uh, Cortec sexual offenses 2020 2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-2021-42-
uh, May 2021, there is a total of 1938 cases that was of the death we finalized. The incoming day-to-day cases has been a priority mainly during normal time. The approach will be driven and implemented necessarily and rolled out to the provinces and regions. Honorable Chairperson, there is always light in the end of a tunnel. Progress is made in relation to public and private partnership of assistance of the South African president. Working together, we can do more. The focus area should be donations of consumables, infrastructure development, donation and upgrading of rapid DNA systems, subject to adhere to national treasury relation and supply chain management practices. The president related, sorry, the president repeated his focus on the ending of gender-based violence as it is a key priority. The president continuously emphasized that it is the priority of government to end the gender-based violence in South Africa. He indicated that he has launched the national strategic plan in on gender-based violence in April last year. Indeed, the government has made efforts to strengthen the criminal justice system in the fight against gender-based violence. Government also has introduced three key legislations in parliament last year to effectively and intensively uh, intensify combating gender-based violence. The president further stated the government is making progress. He announced that the government has allocated approximately 12 billion rand to implement the various components of the NSP on gender-based violence over the 2021-22 medium term. Gender-based violence in our country in the last year has been deeply traumatizing by acts of extreme violence perpetrated by men against women. The act of violence has threatened our very foundation of our democratic society, which is our commitment to human dignity, to equality and non-sexist society. There are 92 detected sexual offenses caught since 2013, and 11 will be open to improve convictions rate and provide comprehensive and appropriate support. There should be more of Thank this Thank you, honorable vote. member. Your time is up. Thanks, ma'am. Thanks, the ANC support department. Thank you. My apologies for calling you say, earlier on. My yeah, uh, okay, talking. Okay. Honorable Thank members, you. now we shall move to corporate, uh, to good. Honorable August, over to you, sir. Honorable chairperson, <coughs> Our challenge as lawmakers with oversight responsibilities is to see the theory we discussed translated into better lived experiences for our people. It isn't rocket science. In the context of policing the better lived experience we see relate to people's safety. Three events reported this week sound the alarm that we are missing the mark. The United Nations published a report stating that South Africa continues to fail victims of gender-based violence, human rights groups accuse police stations in Delta and Mitchell's Plain of failing to open rape dockets when sexual assault crimes are reported to them. An alleged serial killer 
appeared before the high court sitting in Swellendam, charged with the murders of five women and a man in various country towns over a period of several years. Community protesters, protesters outside court said the safety of people of color didn't appear to be a priority. Our people crave safety in their homes and on the streets and uncorruptible police. To them, it's made no difference how police budgets has been allocated over the past year or 10, because they have experienced any difference in their lives. Will our budgetary discussions make a difference today? Chair, while solid budgetary processes are the foundation of clean governance, and it is important to know how many pens and toilet rolls are required to service all our police stations, how will this spending lead to safer environments? What can we do better with this money, starting immediately to, to prioritize safety and security, while at the same time sending a loud and clear message to perpetrators that when they cross the line, they are going to get caught? Where do we begin to incrementally restore communities, faith in our police, men and women, and their systems? How do we begin to reimagine police stations as support havens where every customer is guaranteed professionalism, courtesy, compassion, and dignity? How will what we discuss here impact the next quarter's crime statistics when we know that past budget budgetary discussions have simply led to the same old, same old? Murder rates, sexual violence, gangsterism, illegal firearms, drug abuse, and theft the numbers don't ever seem to significantly change. Perpetrators run rampant knowing they won't get caught if, if there are shoddy investigations give them good chance to outfoxing prosecutors. Honorable members, we need to revamp our entire approach to policing and invest in crime prevention and community safety. On the ground, our people should get the same quality of service from police, irrespective if they live in Mannenberg, Orlando West or Santon, regardless of race, creed, sexual orientation, economic status. At policy level, the good party urges legis legislators Thank to you, view the links between justice and Thank crime you, for fresh Your eyes. Time is up. Your time is up. Thank you. Now I recognize Honorable Sheikh Imam. NFT. Thank you very much, House Chair. Let me at the very outset set the National Freedom Party will support the budget vote table here today. But let me start off by saying that many political parties, wherever they govern, must take responsibility for the state or the high levels of crime in the country because many of them or some of them have had opportunities to improve the quality of life of the people, whether it is in the Western Cape, in KwaZulu-Natal, anywhere in the part of the country. And so, you know, to come and give the entire responsibility to South African police services, I don't think it is fair. Whilst I must admit there are, is crisis in South African police services, but let us not forget the contributing factors to the poor state of this country, particularly from the perspective of the high levels of crime in the country. Now, let me start off by, first of all, uh, congratulating and thanking the National Commissioner for his intervention in KwaZulu-Natal and also the acting provincial commissioner, uh, General Mkunazi, and how he has been dealing with the high levels of crime in KwaZulu-Natal, together with the acting commander of the Point Police Station, uh, Colonel Ngubane. And it has already been yielding positive results. I think five police officers are already uh, going to be facing disciplinary action as a result 
of 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 corruption and 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 poor services to the people on the ground. So I think they are very good and committed and passionate police officers in the South African police services, and we must never paint them all with the same brush. Having said that, and I know the minister is available here, Minister. I previously said in a, a, a debate of the budget for South African police services that whenever there's a cut in budget, it is definitely going to impact on how you deliver the services to the people and we must not run away from that. And that is what is exactly happening right now. If you went and look at the, the, the firearms registry officers and you see exactly what is happening. These poor police officers have to bear the brunt of criticism from the public. But the fact of the matter is this, they have very little or, or no, there's very little they can actually do about it because of the limited resources that they have. The other thing is that I think Gauteng province has uh, uh, performed exceptionally well, particularly in the last quarter. And I think it's commendable for the kind of work that they're doing. But I think what it, uh, we need uh, 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 is a commitment from all the different relevant departments to come together and deal with what are the root causes of the high levels of crime in South Africa. Let us just not push the buck onto South African police services. They are coming after the fact we must prevent these crime from, crime from being committed. The National Freedom Party, I know my time is up. Thank you very much. Supports the budget vote. Thank you, Honorable Member. Now I recognize the member from COPE. 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 Now I recognize member from the ANC, Honorable Petrus, Petrin. Honorable Petrin. ANC. The party is represented just after a year closed a country for a full lockdown in the fight against the coronavirus. The COVID-19 has a effect in the lives of the people in their recent times. Ever since first di diagnosis of the COVID-19 patients in South Africa, our lives have never been the same again. The virus always changes its variation, requires high level of vigilance from the doctors and medical practitioners and complete support from all people. We are meeting today at the breaking of the third wave of COVID-19 and we are, must all back up and prepare for this round of 10 together and fight against this pandemic. And indeed together we can do all. Every crisis presents an opportunity to reflect and regroup and this importance of unity and cohesion of the fight against this invisible enemy. The African National Congress in its strategy and document clearly stipulate the importance of creating a safe and secure communities. Further, this becomes one of the base rights and as mentioned in chapter two of the South African constitution, a safe and secure community creates safe space of economic activity to take place and that play is significant, is, is significant role in the economic recovery plan of the ANC. Honorable Chairperson, the civilian secretariat is the technical policy advisor minister. In order to be more effective, we have to address the lack of trust in the police and improving police service delivery. 
The following steps must be followed in order to restore the trust of the people in the police service. They need for a localized approach to address, addressing crime concerns. Targeted implementation of the provincial and local crime prevention framework and district action plans. District development model. The implementation of the 2016 white paper on safety and security, improving in detective service and forensics, as well as facilitating the modernization of the subs through a through an a policy policy. Ensuring the implementation of partnership strategy and framework which seeks to mobilize key role players and harness the social capital in communities facilitating government or various community safety structure in the fight of against crime. Honorable Chair, we wish to welcome the priorities of the Department of for 2021-2022, which will focus on the following priorities. Strengthening communi- community participation in implementing crime prevention campaign, hosting provincial invisors and establishing additional community safety forum as the municipal level, trusting and promoting constitutional legalization to give effect to government policies related to policing, regulating and monitoring compliance by the police service and legal prescription. In a nutshell, those are among other key issues that has been prioritized. should intensify the working relations between the community policy forums and the subs in the fight against crime. Honorable Chair, the private security industry Authority is mandated to regulate the private security industry and exercise control over the practice for the occupation of security providers in the public and national interest, as well as in the interest of the private uh, security industry itself. CIRA has responsibility to create a conducive environment to have a competent and stable security of different stakeholders from public, public, private security and the state. All these stakeholder interests must be protected. Honorable Chair, we welcome the budget vote because this vote beyond just create a safe environment, but it contributes to the economic recovery plan as we are faced with the economic recession and the department contribution to creating jobs in the private security companies, we strongly recommend that the budget should be accepted and welcome to, so that the work of the department could continue smoothly so that we are able to set the big of budget I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. Now I recognize member of the DA, Honorable Teleplanche. Honorable Chairperson, 
Western honors and fellow South Africans. Here we are again to consider another huge amount of money to promote the safety of South Africa. We have been here before and know the script and the annual drill. New promises made by the president in his State of the Nation address, the ministerial priorities, SAP's priorities, performance plan and targets by both IPIT and the civilian secretariat, impressive and very convincing paperwork, performance measurements, the whole lot. We have it all over again. The result is known, renewed hope by our citizens that the safer country of our dreams will emerge this time. However, this optimism is short-lived. The latest crime stats beam out the reality. Nothing has changed. Voorzitter, Zuid-Afrika verdient beter. Die situasie is beter bezig om te vererger. Op vrijdag 14 mei 2021 het minister Kelle die nietste misdaadstatistiek bekendgemaakt. Moord het vanaf 1 januari tot 30 maart met 8.4 gestuig. Bijkans 5.000 mense is vermoord. Wat te slachting. Hier is cijfer so mense oor die wereld heen laat recht op sit. Selfs in oorlog en onrust geteisterde gebiede. Maar hier word het maar net gelaten aan vaart. Dit is mos maar net Zuid-Afrika en dit is mos wat hier by ons gebeur. Dit is nie meer aanvaardbaar nie. Zuid-Afrika verdien beter. Misdaad is steeds hoog, daar is ander realiteite wat die Zuid-Afrikaanse politie verder stream om misdaadigers succesvol te vervolg en achter tralies te kry. This past weekend, the Portfolio Committee on Police paid oversight visits to both the Central Firearm Register and the Forensic Science Laboratory in Swane. Conditions at the Central Firearm Register are really concerning. The unit is accommodated in a dilapidated building, declared unfit for human occupation. The floors are not designed to carry the current load. The stacks of paperwork are far too heavy. The building must be vacated as a matter of urgency. The backlog is dating back as far as February 2010, when the former Minister Nati Matetwa's appointed task team made the same findings. It worsened since and cannot be resolved in the short term. An interim solution is required to manage this mess and must urgently be pursued. It must be migrated to a computerized system. The forensic laboratory has a backlog or a lock of 103,644 DNA crime samples and 107,220 RI buccal samples. That is a total of 210,864 samples, 68,235 of them related to gender-based violence. The first phase of a new FEM system was implemented on the 6th of April 2021. Full implementation is scheduled for October 2022. An 18-month period is estimated as the best-case scenario to finalize the backlog. The countdown down starts from 1st July 2021. Justice for many victims of these crimes is still further delayed. My colleague Bobby Stevenson, the MPL for Safety and Security in the Eastern Cape, issued a media statement on Friday, 14th May 2021. 
He highlighted an alarming upwards trend in farm attacks and violent crime in that province. These attacks have almost doubled from last year over the same period to this year and may cripple the agricultural sector. SAP's rural safety plan does effectively not prevent these crimes and attention is required to stabilize this important sector across the country. The reintroduction of proper, properly trained and equipped specialist units to protect rural communities is urgently required. This problem manifests itself across the country. The SAP's budget was also cut to fund the 10 billion South African Airways bailout. This grounded airline will most probably never fly again. What happened to our priorities? SAP's total budget allocation is 96.3 billion. Only the administrative budget grows by 1.6%, while visible policing decreased by 7.2%. Crime prevention is key and should get the lion's share of any budget. The ministry got an allocation of 62.6 million, a sizable amount compared with home affairs 30.5 million and treasuries 4.4 million. Why is this budget necessary? More personnel could have been appointed. SAPS's personnel are expected to get decrease from 181,344 uh, in 2021 to 162,944 in 2023 24 due to natural attrition. This will accelerate the department's overall declining performance trend over the past three financial years. IPED is severely underfunded. The Marikana Commission, the Causa Judgment, and the Marikana Panel underlined this concern. Its watchdog role is undermined and therefore cannot fulfill its mandate. The Civilian Secretariat is underperforming at the moment. Its role and functions must be revisited to determine the way forward. The President is urged to deal with a conflict between the Minister and the National Commissioner. They must focus on their roles and responsibilities. Department's credibility and performance are at stake. It's time to up your game, Mr. Minister. South Africa deserves better. Thank you, Honourable Member. Your time has expired. I thank you. Thank you. Now I recognize Honourable Peacock from the ANC. Thank you, House Chair. Honourable members of the House, Honourable Minister and Deputy Minister, Honourable Chair of the Portfolio Committee, Honourable National Commissioner, all members of Security Cluster, our police, men, women in particular. The South African police was established in 1913 after the establishment of the Union of South Africa. Under the 1913 Defense Act, the South African police played a significant role in the national defense and with the elements of the 1958 Police Act. The relationship between the police and the military was strengthened. The police became heavily armed to suppress civil unrest and was allowed to conduct anti-surgically operations. Subsequent to that, the legislative amendment further broadened the mandate of the police far beyond conventional policing functions. 
The police struck fear into our people and was just another arm of a party government and the police was brutal. With the advent to the, to the democracy in 1994, the constitution established a single national police service under the control of the national commissioner. The then homeland com policing agencies uh, agencies were amalgamated with the SEP to form the current South African Police Service to serve and protect all citizens. Sadly, the remnant of the old brutality is still seen today and it must be addressed. Our people are becoming fearful and distrustful to, towards the police. We need to work on how best to improve the trust in our police. We must not allow the police to be perceived brutal. Honorable Chair, earlier this year, the Police Committee on Police had an engagement with the South African Human Rights Commission on the torture and ill-treatment of persons in police custody in the Western Cape. The facts presented by the Human Rights Commission shocked us. It is profound to be told that minors are still kept in custody with adults and that women are stripe-searched at the shelters by the private securities. And in the holding cell, they have been, the holding, cell, the holding cells are in a state of disrepair. The Human Rights Commission is inundated by complaints from victims of sexual offenses of police officers refusing to open case or rape case and other sexual offenses. This must be addressed if we are serious about combating gender-based violence and homicides or femicides in South Africa. Honorable Chair, Gauteng has managed to achieve remarkable success in the fight against crime in conjunction with the Metropolis Department, as well as the Provincial Department of Community Safety. They developed the growing Gauteng Together, which was the five-year policing plan. This is an inter integrated plan development by the Provincial Executive Council and the, opera the operationalizing through an operationalizing operationalizing through Operation Okai Molao. This is the best practice in the crime combating initiative and all other provinces must match such initiative, must match all such initiative. The effectiveness of the growing Gauteng Together policing plan is evident from Gauteng crime states between January and March 2021, contact crime decreased from 9.9% and community reported serious crime decreased from 14 to 14.6%. During this period, Gauteng had 12 police stations in the top 30 stations contributing to crime, which is an improvement from the previous financial year. Inner city crime have also decreased significantly with that of Hillborough decreasing with 26.6% between January and March 2021. Honorable Chair, what we saw during this oversight visit per the past weekend at the Veritas building in Pretoria is completely unacceptable. 
we cannot expect our police officers to work in such circumstances. The building had been disqualified for human occupation, yet SAPS is continuously forced to occupy that building. Who, who benefits when the lease agreement is continuously renewed despite the building being disrepaired or unfit? It is definitely not the benefit of the police whom are forced to work there. It is not healthy. It is not a healthy environment. To be confronted with mountains of paper each and every day, it must be weighing heavily in their minds. This relationship between the Department of Public Works and the owner of Veritas building must be investigated. Honorable Chair, we appeal to the Minister of Police and Public Works to rescue our men and women working at the Central Firearm, firearm and offer defense of decent office accommodation. Furthermore, we need to build more police stations to redress the spatial inequality inherited from apartheid. We need effective partnership with the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure to bring policing service closer to the people. The committee recommend that the police consider the request for police station in Bethesdorp, Makapastan, and as well as Hamukwani community, as well as other communities that are forced to work long distance to get the police service they deserve. Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members, the African National Con Congress support measures to ensure the effectiveness and e independence of police oversight mechanism. We have always noted that we want an independent IPG. One of the questions that we must pose and answer is to that, to what extent does people have confidence in the, in the police service? Since the appointment of Ms. Jennifer Tlatseng as the executive director of IPIT, we have seen significant strides to strengthen the effectiveness of the directorate. Her appointment has brought much needed, in, much needed fresh air towards the department of IPIT. We congratulate the directorate for implementing section 23 of the IPIT Act, which would aid the directorate in its staff retention and provide such needed parity between its investigators and police detectives. During the 2021 financial year, the IPIT will implement innovative, innovative strategies relating to gender-based violence and femicide, youth development and rural awareness. The African National Congress give its unwavering support to IPIT under the leadership of Ms. Ngateng and her team to achieve the clean audit in the 2020 to 2021 financial year. Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, we thank the Minister and the team for their hard work to combat crime and create safer communities. With that note, the African National Congress support the vote 24 and 28. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. Now I recognize Honorable the Minister of Police, Ndos. Thanks very much, Chairperson. Chairperson, uh, I listened to members, quite several of them, they came with solution, except two, uh, which are just obsessed by other things. Unfortunately, Mr. Shembeni and Mr. Terry Blush were both in the police service. They should have done much better when they were there. 
rather than to come and stay in the mountain now and shout to the to the highest mountain when they did not do anything to improve the organization that we're working at. Secondly, both of them, there is the issue of the relationship. We work with the commissioner. Definitely don't drink coffee together, but we wake up in the morning and we know we have a job. So they just hold their horses and stop, the, allow the president to do our work. We know what we're doing and we continue to do our work from here. Chairperson, honorable members, allow me to conclude this budget. Vote by once again reaching out to the men and women in blue all over the country and to all the employees in the entities under the Minister of Police. To them, we say, let us continue to render the selfless service to the nation. As Dennis Wildly narrates, don't dwell on what went wrong. Instead, focus on what to do next. Spend your energies on moving forward towards finding the answers. It's exactly what we are doing, Chairperson. Chairperson, I now present to you the South African Police Budget, vote 28 this financial year to amount of 96.3 billion. And then we go to the, uh, to the IP, uh, vote 24, 348 billion point three, and civilian secretariat 148.9. Lastly, I take this opportunity to thank the Deputy Minister of the South African Police, the Portfolio Committee, and members of the Portfolio Committee, the National Commissioner of the South African Police, management, and everybody there, and the, the Chief of Staff, and the staff in the office, and Mr. Rapia. The Executive of IP, Tikeleti, and her team, the CEO of CIRA, uh, Chauge, and the National Head of DPCI, Corfield Bear, DPCI Judge, the Chairperson of the DNA Board, Advocate Lindy Wengosi Thomas, and her team. Chairperson of the Fire Armor Board, Advocate Lungel Washandu. Chairperson, the, the CIRA Board, and the, uh, Dr. Mafume. And finally, my family, especially my wife, who keeps me going and saves me from insanity. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Minister. And honorable members, you are kindly reminded that the debates on public service and administration, including National School of Government and Public Service Commission budget votes and uh, basic education budget vote, and lastly, the National Treasury budget vote will take place at 16.30 on the visual platform. Honorable members, that concludes the debate and the business of this virtual mini plenary session. The mini plenary will rise.